So, so we're talking about our DNA. We're talking about the building blocks of who we are, who we are as a church. What, what makes us Westchester Nazarene? What, what are the values that we have that feed into who we are and how we worship? So far, we've talked about the fact that at this church, the whole family matters. We believe that every, we believe we are a family. We believe every part of the family matters. And so we minister to every generation. We minister to every person that we possibly can. The second week, we talked about transformation. We believe that God is transforming us. God is, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more today, but we believe that God is transforming us, that when we accept Christ, that's not the end point of our faith but that our faith continues to grow, and every day we should be transformed to be more like Christ. Last week, we talked about the fact that we are driven by prayer, that everything we do, the source of our power, the source of us being who we are, comes from an intimate connection with God from prayer. And today, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about what we've sang about, and that's being generous. We want to talk about the fact that we are generous, generous that we reflect God's love by giving unselfishly. I just want to start by saying, man, we are blessed here at Westchester, aren't we? I mean, this is a beautiful building. This is a beautiful place. This is a beautiful area. I, I love this area. We are blessed. I mean, we have more than we could ever need. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's not just the church I'm talking about, but All of us in here are blessed. Do you understand how blessed you are? How rich you are? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about everything. God has blessed us in amazing ways. Today I want to talk about generosity and how God calls us to be generous and bless others. See, the truth is we we live fairly comfortable lives, don't we? Like, most of our biggest problems are that, like, we don't have the new iPhone. I mean, they made fun of me for how many months because I had an iPhone 5S, and we were on, like, 8 at that point, right? I mean, most of our issues, I mean, we are so blessed. Most of our issues are over things that other people don't even have the opportunity to have. That can go past possessions. That can go, man, I am blessed to have grown up in the family that I grew up in. I'm blessed to have all of you around me every week. Somebody prayed for me in the hallway before service. I am blessed. Man, we are, God has given us so much. The problem is that sometimes when you're this blessed, when you're comfortable, when life is really good and, and you feel like you've got more than you could ever need, that can become a problem because we can become comfortable We can start to think that those blessings are what it's all about, and we can lose sight of the fact that God is who we're here to worship. And so today, I want to talk about blessings. I want to talk about wealth. I want to talk about finances. I'm not going to get deep into finances. I want to talk about the blessings, the, the, the privileges that we have as followers of Christ and we have as a church and I want to talk about what we do with it. And so I know that some people are pretty uncomfortable talking about financial things. And I just want to say that that in itself is a pretty good reason for us to talk about financial things. A lot of people are uncomfortable when we talk about their blessings and their wealth. 
that's all the more reason we need to talk about our blessings and our wealth because number one in our life has to be Jesus Christ. It can't be those other things. And so today, I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, that give anything in specific, but I want to ask you to listen to Scripture today, and I want to ask you to hear what Scripture is telling us about our wealth and our blessings and our privileges and everything that we have. I want to start by saying, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm not the expert in this. I constantly, and I'm being really honest with you, I constantly struggle with this challenge of being so comfortable and blessed and having so much that I, I'm just so blessed. I've said blessed a thousand times. They're going to make fun of me for this. That's okay. I'm blessed. Let's say it. Blessed. There we go. I constantly struggle with not being generous enough and feeling like I've got all this. And I don't want to squander it on myself. I don't want to hoard it. I want to, I want to honor God. I'm challenged by this. I'm not perfect. In fact, if we're talking about finances, we were laughing. We were talking about financial peace, um, Dave Ramsey's financial peace class. And I've actually failed that class three times. <laughs> I'm one of the few people that's failed that class three times. I've never made it through all the way. <laughs> I'm not perfect at this. But man, I've got some good scripture for you today that has something really important for each and every one of us to hear about our wealth. Why is it important for us to talk about this? Well, it's not just because I think it's important. It's not just because I want you to give more money. That's not what this is about. It's important because God has said it's important. In fact, the Bible talks quite a bit about wealth and blessing and what we do with it. I've got some stats, and listen, please don't fact check me on these. Most of these came from the internet, which is never wrong, right? But, but I've got some different things, and, and really, if you look at different articles, I did some studying, and different people say different things, but, but listen to this. Over 2,300 times, wealth is mentioned in the Bible. Over 2,300 times. 11 of the 39 parables that Jesus told were about wealth and blessings. Randy Alcorn, who's, a, who's an author, says that 15% of everything that Jesus talked about had to do with wealth and the way we manage it. So whether those are exactly right or not, I want you to understand, most people say that wealth and finances are either the top or the second most talked about things in Scripture. So if God's Word is here to guide us, if God's Word is here to be a lamp to us and to guide us to how to be like Christ, and it talks about wealth and finances and blessings and privileges over and over again, it's probably important, isn't it? So we can't ignore it. So today I want to talk to you about how we view our wealth. I want to talk to you about how we use our wealth. And I want to talk to you about how we can honor God with our wealth. Can we turn to the person next to you? This will be fun. For some of you, you've probably never said this before. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm wealthy. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Let's, let's change that. Turn to the person next to you and say, Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm rich. How many of you, that's the first time you've ever said, I'm rich? All right. How many of you felt like you were lying? Okay. 
we are so wealthy, we don't even get it. I want you to know that th this is something that I think is, is huge. I think a lot of us don't feel like we're rich. We don't feel wealthy. We have no clue. We have no clue the rich, richness that we have. It, it doesn't take long to, to, it doesn't take getting far away from here to realize some of the blessings and some of the wealth that we have. We are rich. And so we're going to be primarily focusing on a pass passage out of one of the greatest sermons, the greatest sermon ever preached. And that's definitely not any of mine. And that's not an Andy Stanley sermon, no matter how much you like Andy Stanley. And it's not a Billy Graham sermon. It's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so today we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus has some good things to say about our wealth and how we handle it. So let's read together. Matthew 6, 19 through 24 says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It goes on and says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then it has some pretty, pretty poignant things to say to us right here in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, hear that again. You, can't, you cannot serve both God and money. So I want to break down this text. I think there's three parts of it, and I want us to work through it really quick. And I think this is so important for us to understand today. So verse 19 to 21 says, Do not store up treasures on earth where stuff can destroy it, where it can be stolen, where it can go away, but instead store up treasures in heaven. What does that mean? Store up, put it on a rocket ship and fly it up to where we think heaven might be? That's not what this is saying. Do not store up earthly treasures. Do not store treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. What is it? What are treasures on earth? Well, those would be money, possessions, wealth, material things. It even could be fame or power, these earthly things that we can store up. How many of you collect something? Anybody? Okay, I, I don't collect a lot of things. At one point, I collected stuffed tigers. That's when I was young. I don't do that anymore. Um, I collect most things Shaquille O'Neal because I just love Shaquille O'Neal. Um, but, but you know what I would collect if I had a lot of money? I would collect cars. I love cars. Like, I love cars. I would love, like, if I had a ton of money, I would love to just have a garage full of really cool cars, Right? Do you guys have something like that? Do you ever think about collecting those things? I'll bet you spend a good bit of time thinking about storing up treasures on earth. Oh, man, we, we, you scroll through Facebook and you see this house that's really nice that's for sale. And you think, oh, man, if I could live in that house, that'd be pretty sweet. 
These treasures on earth, what Scripture says to us in verse 19 is if we store up, if we put all of our focus and all of our attention and all of our heart into treasures on earth, we're really vulnerable. Because the truth of the matter is, cars get old, houses break down, money goes away, it's all temporary. It's temporary. It says instead, store up treasures in heaven. Well, how do we store up treasures in heaven? This, I was thinking about this the other day. When you pass away, what can you take with you? Nothing. So storing up treasures in heaven is really about God's gift of grace and God's gift of love and having a relationship and a peace and assurance in Christ. That's what treasures in heaven are. That's what our relationships with each other are. Those are things that last. Not things of earth that die and decay and can be stolen, but things of God, things of heaven that are eternal, that will last forever. Don't store up treasure on earth. Store up treasure in heaven. Let me ask you a question. What happens to earthly treasures? They go away. They fade. But there's another thing that's really important for us to understand about treasures on earth. It's not just that they can be stolen. It's not just that they break down. One of the biggest problems with treasures on earth is this. They will never, ever be enough for you. Hear me very carefully, because a lot of us think if I could have this amount of money or if I could have this, it would be enough and my life would be good. You will never be content with earthly treasures. It cannot satisfy what you really need. You cannot be content with earthly treasures. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that most of us have probably not reached a point financially that we don't need anything or want anything else. uh, Would I be okay in saying that? Nod your head. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you have, so I won't call attention to you, but I'm going to guess that everyone in here would say, I'm not at the place where there's nothing I want and I'm totally content with what I have and I've got everything I possibly could have financially, cars, all of that stuff. I'm just going to guess that it's never enough. I'm not going to guess. I'm going to tell you by Scripture, it is never enough. Earthly treasures will never be enough. In fact, as I was reading about finances and storing up earthly treasures, one of the things I came on talked about giving, and it talked about the way we deal with our finances. And the truth of the matter is, if you make $20,000 a year, you get by. And then if you get a raise to $50,000 a year, you have a lot more money, right? But what happens when you get a raise and you get more money? What do you do with it? You spend more money. All of a sudden, you got a bigger house, a nicer house. You're spending that money. These athletes that make millions of dollars, and I'm not picking on them because it's true for every single one of us in here this morning, but these athletes that make millions of dollars, guess what? It's not enough. It runs out. It doesn't satisfy them. They need more, and they need more. You will never be content. You will never be content with where you are until you store up treasures in heaven instead of on earth. We often think that money will solve our problems, and they might solve some of our problems. They might solve the problem of paying this bill or that bill, but most of the time the truth is money creates more problems. Wealth creates more problems for us than we have without I've been to parts of of this world where people would come and just 
praise God and worship God and are so thankful for, to God even though they have a fraction of what I have. And I come in Sunday morning and sometimes, you know, if it's a little too hot, I'm sweating and I'm like, oh, oh, this is terrible. Turn the air up. Oh, the song isn't what I wanted them to sing. Oh, I have to sit on this chair. Oh, come on. Man, there are people in this world that have none of this, that sit on a dirt floor to worship, that have four-hour worship service because their praise can't be contained in an hour service. Money, wealth is not the answer to problems. It only creates problems. And so I want us to understand that we're not to store up earthly possessions and treasures. Our heart shouldn't be totally focused on earthly things. Our heart should be totally focused on the things of heaven. There was, a, there was a big story in sports this week. I'm a big sports fan, so i got to tell you this, this story. There was an NBA president of basketball operations, GM, general manager of an NBA team, and he's got it all, right? I mean, that's like, that's like a dream job for me. You get paid a lot of money. You get to work on basketball. Like, that's great. And this guy has power, and he's got fame, and he's got money, and he's got all these things. And this story broke this week that this guy has fake Twitter accounts so that he can get on Twitter and argue with people to make himself look better when they're saying bad things about him. What? You're in this great position, you've got all of this, and you're creating fake Twitter accounts to argue with people to try to make yourself look better? Why? Because earthly treasures will never be enough. Have I spent enough time telling you that earthly treasures will never be enough? It's important. They will never be enough. The result of earthly treasures is decay, loss, they're temporary, and more than anything, they will never be enough for you. What about treasures in heaven? Well, they're eternal. They're what we were made for. We were made for relationship with God. We were made to be in communion with God, Adam and Eve in the garden. It was perfect. They didn't have cars and fancy houses and all that. You know what they had? They had God. And they had an intimate relationship with God. And it says, that's what we should be concerned with. Not these earthly things. Those are fine. Cars are cool. Ferraris are really cool. But they're nothing compared to intimacy with God, what we were created for. And so what we need to store up is treasures in heaven. To work on our relationship with God because that will never go away when you die. There is a future, there is a hope, there is an assurance of eternity with the Creator God. The God that creates those little Ferraris and houses and stuff like that. We get to spend eternity with them. Treasures in heaven. So build up treasures in heaven. We were created to worship God and live in relationship with God and live in relationship with others the way that God shows us. That's where our true treasures are. In relationship, and those will never go away. How many of you have heard someone say, I would give anything for blank? What are they usually talking about when they say, I would give anything for blank? What are they talking about? Usually they're talking about more time with somebody they love. Usually they're talking about, if I could just go back and talk to so-and-so one more time, I would give anything. See, the truth is, we get tricked into thinking that earthly things are good enough and are important and are the most important, but the truth is, we really do value relationships. God created us that way. And so, 
I'd give all of that up. I'd give all the money. I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade money or cars. There's been some jokes that I said at one point I would trade one of my kids for a Ferrari. Do not believe that. That's not true. I may have said it, but I was lying. <laughs> I would not trade the relationships I have for anything. And I certainly wouldn't trade the relationship I have with God for anything this world has to offer because it will go away. But God's love and God's peace and God's hope is eternal. Don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. I, I saw this really cool quote from a church website. It said, we're meant to use our possessions and love people, not to love our possessions and use people. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're storing up treasures on earth, guess what you're going to do to get more treasures on earth? You're going to use people. You're probably going to try to use God to get more treasures. We're not created to use people or God. We're created to use those earthly things to get more of God and people. That's what it's all about. Do not store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. The last part of it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You could see this in your relationships People can't hide from what they really love and what they really value and what they really treasure, can they? You could see right through them. If you're in a relationship with someone and you know that all they care about is themselves, they can't hide it for very long. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Do not store up treasures on earth and earthly things, but store them up in heaven. Let me ask you a really simple, important question this morning. Is your heart in the treasures of earth, or is, in your, is your heart in the treasures of heaven? Going on, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So I just... That's a little bit confusing sandwiched in the middle of these two sections because the first one talks about treasures on earth and treasures in heaven and the last one talks about not serving two masters and then it talks about our eyes and health. But really what it's talking about when it says if your eyes are healthy, that word actually translates out to if your eyes are generous or if your eyes are single-minded, if you have one focus. And so what this is saying is if your eyes are focused on God, on the right things, on the treasures in heaven, if your eyes are generous to want to give these earthly things to get more of God, you will be full of light. And this is universal. It's not just Scripture, but Scripture is pretty clear that light's a good thing, darkness is a bad thing. So when it says if your eyes are healthy, if your eyes are generous, you will be full of light, that's what you want. But if your eyes are unhealthy, what that's talking about, the word, that word translates out to stingy, selfish, about yourself, then your body will be full of darkness. The Jewish people actually used the phrase an evil eye to, to talk about somebody who was just selfish and, and was, was covetous and, and was jealous of others. It, they, they said you would have an evil eye if you were just one of those people that was all about yourself and you were stingy and you, you were just all about these earthly possessions. That was a phrase. And it says, so if your eyes are healthy, you'll be a person of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, if you're stingy, if you're selfish, 
you will be a person full of darkness. Don't be a person full of darkness. In fact, um, the word miserable, I want to get to, this is pretty crazy. I I just saw this this week. The word miserable, what is the root word of the word miserable? Miser. Miser is the root word, uh, the root of the word miserable. So when we talk about being happy and content, we're talking about somebody that has healthy, generous eyes, but a miser, somebody that's stingy, somebody that has unhealthy eyes, that's focused on themselves, guess how they end up? Miserable, because we weren't created to store up treasures on earth that are temporary. We were created to store up treasures in heaven. You will never experience the life you were created to live if your life is ruled by earthly treasures. You will never experience God's best for you if your life is ruled by earthly treasures. Focus is so important. We have to be focused on what's really important, the treasures of heaven, not the treasures of earth. And so, number one, earthly treasures fade. Treasures of heaven last forever. Focus, store up your treasures in heaven. Number two, our eyes need to be healthy and generous. Number three, it goes on. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This goes back to what we said a few weeks ago. Everything you have is used to worship. The question is, who are you worshiping with what you have? And what we talked about that first week was that we should take everything that God has given us and use it to worship God and to benefit others. Everything you have is used for worship one way or another. You're either worshiping earthly things or you're worshiping God. And what this scripture tells us is you cannot worship both. So it's not just about putting your treasure, your heart in the right place. It's not just about having healthy eyes. It's about the fact that if you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you say you worship God, but you are worshiping money and yourself, those aren't compatible. No one can serve two masters. And so if you put all this together, store up treasures in heaven and God and your relationship with God, have healthy, generous eyes and worship God, not earthly things that go away and will leave you empty time and time again. This text draws a line. It can't be both. If our goal is to be like Jesus, our hearts cannot be ruled by wealth. This is so important to us. I, I was reading scripture this week and I came on the calling of Isaiah and, and Isaiah's calling, he comes into God's presence and I won't go all the way through it, um, but, but basically he comes into God's presence and what we see in scripture time and again is when someone comes into the presence of God, it shows them who they are and every time they understand how broken and how hurtful and how dark they really are. And I started thinking about that this week, and I thought, man, if I were in the presence of God, think about this with me, if I were in the presence of God, and God's glorious holy light was shined down on my life, where would I be? And I'll be honest with you, I think this wealth issue is a huge issue. I think this wealth issue is something that we don't even realize how much we worship things other than God. And I think if God showed up today, I'm not trying to be hurtful, but I think if God showed up today, I'm in the same boat. I think, 
I think we'd think, oh man, I've worshipped things and earthly things way too much. And I haven't had healthy, generous eyes, and I haven't served God with everything I have. I'm convinced that this is one of the biggest areas that we don't even know we struggle with, or to the level we struggle with it. This is why Jesus talked about it so much, because it's tricky. It's hard to live in Westchester, Ohio, and have everything that we have, but live in a way that we worship God first and foremost. And don't worship those other earthly things. So what's the answer? How do we make sure that our heart is truly worshiping God and not earthly treasures? Let me read another good quote. It said this, You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. The truth of the matter is, you cannot love God without being a person that is completely generous. You cannot love the person next to you without giving to them. It's a sign of love. If we're worshiping God with everything we have, there's no room to worship other things, and these things become an avenue to worship what we really care about, the treasures in heaven. And so our love for God has to translate to us giving out of love. We cannot truly love God without giving. And so the answer is generosity. It's storing up treasures in heaven, not storing up treasures on earth. And so I want you to understand something. Worship is when we come together and sing. Worship is when we come together and pray. Worship is when we come together and hear God's word. But worship, we worship God by using our earthly treasures to invest in what really matters, to worship God, to serve and love others, which is what God tells us to do. So these earthly possessions are here so that we can worship God more fully. And the way we do that is through generosity. So whether we're talking about money, time, energy, the answer to living the life that God is calling you to live is to become completely generous and overflowing with love for God and others. That means we give and we give, and we give. We sang about it in, in the song, God gives himself and gives himself, overwhelming, pouring himself out, chasing, chasing. Do you hear all that language? That's who God is, and that's who we are called to be. We can't be like Christ if we don't love like Christ, and Christ's love is generous and sacrificial. And so give. The best part of this is that when we give, God is working on us. See, my nature, I, maybe I'm the only one, I don't think so. My nature is selfish. My nature is to take care of myself first and to hoard things. But God is transforming me. Remember week two, God is transforming me to worship with everything I have. God is teaching me to give. God is teaching me to be holy. And the truth is, the happiest people on earth are people that know how to give and give generously. The most miserable people on earth are the misers that are hoarding. And so two things. Number one, in giving we learn to value what is really important, the treasures of heaven. But number two, in giving we learn to trust God. We learn to trust God. So today we're, we're talking about generosity as a value of our church. 
And I just want to say, I am so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the generosity of this church. There are so many different ways that this church gives. We have compassion ministry that helps people that are in need financially. We have meet the need, which, which helps feed people that are hungry. We have God's threads, which close people. We have 99 for the one that's all about taking the wealth we have and going out. We have wonderful people that serve and love and give and I'm telling you, if someone walks through the back doors of the church and is in real need, I feel totally comfortable that somebody in here will give and help, and I'm thankful for that. And so, pat yourself on the back real quick. All right, if you can reach it. I can't reach it. We're giving church, but i got to be honest with you. I don't think we're scratching the surface of what God wants for us. I mean, we're, you're a great church. Don't hear this in a negative way. You're a great church. You give a lot. But I don't think we're scratching the surface of what God really wants from us and being generous. I told you earlier, I am a failure in this area, and I'm trying to learn to be a generous person, and I'm trying to give, and I'm trying to give. But man, I've got so far to go to stop worrying about myself and start pouring myself out to God. And so my my prayer today is that God would transform my heart to make me generous, to give me healthy eyes that are generous towards others, that, to give me a heart that just wants to give everything I have to build the treasures in heaven, my relationship with God, and to help other people have treasures in heaven as well. That's my prayer today. I think we're still learning this. I think we're still being transformed. And so... I believe this 100%. We are called as a church to be generous. Not to hoard these possessions, not to, to build our own brand or anything like that, but to pour ourselves out time and again for God and for others. But there's a second part of this. I believe that you and I are called to live generously, to take the wealth that we've been given that we don't even deserve and pour it out for God and for others. If we really believe that God is what makes the difference, if we really believe that God is what we need, we have to be willing to give everything we have to worship God. And so, and so I, I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine that every single one of us with all of the wealth that's represented in this room, and I'm not talking about just money, I'm talking about everything, the blessings of family, the blessings of love, the blessings of friendship, everything we have. If, if every single one of us took everything we had and said, God, take it, use it, imagine what the God that created everything could do with our generosity. And so I want to call us today to be a people that are generous. This isn't about patting ourselves on the back and saying, we're a generous church, we're so good. Because I believe that we have a long way to go. And I believe that I have a long way to go. And I believe that God wants me to become more and more and more generous every day. The more God lifts me up, the more I need to pour myself out for others. We are called to be generous. So I want you to do three things. The band's going to come up now and and we're going to play a song together. But I want you to do three things this week. These are three homework assignments, all in one week. Number one, I want you to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, several times this week. If you can read it every day, read it every day. Read this text. Number two, 
I want you to pray every day that God would transform your heart and that God would transform your eyes to become generous and healthy and loving the way that God's love is. And then number three, I want to give you a very, very, those two are pretty practical. This one's really practical too. I want you to take a step of being generous towards somebody else this week. You don't have to give away a million dollars. You can, that'd be awesome. But take a step to be generous towards someone else. As you're reading about where our treasures should be, as you're learning, as you're praying every day, God, transform me. And then I want you to live it out. So find an opportunity this week to be generous towards somebody else, whether that's with your time, whether that's with your money, whether that's with your love. Be generous this week. Can you do those three things for me? Give me a thumbs up if you can do those three things. Read scripture, pray, and be generous towards somebody else this week. Father, we love you. We're thankful for the blessings you've given us. And and Father, I just pray that you would continue to transform us every day, that you would make us more like you, and that we would pour ourselves out for others this week and every week to come. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.